is the Flex Network. <laughs> this is the Flex Network. Flex on them. Flex on everybody. Oh, yes, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Flex Network. I am your host, Flex Shane. You can follow me on Twitter at the Flex Network One. Today, I am joined by Brandon Adam. You can follow him on Twitter at Brandon D Adam 19. Brandon, what the hell is going on, brother? Oh, just fully in, immersed in the preseason football and just watching our rookies flourish in front of our eyes. I got a question for you. And this sure. is kind of a so this is something that's uh is is it's really an interesting debate for fantasy football players, right? Like when is your favorite time of the NFL season? Like as a dynasty player, for me, it's kind of like the NFL draft is is amazing. I love it because you do all that rookie prep and then you kind of finally see where those guys are going. Sure. And then you get into redraft seasons, like holy shit, like I love my redraft leagues. A lot of these leagues you've probably played in for years. Um, so it's always fun to go and like, at least for me, like I'm in my mid thirties, so you don't get to see all your buddies all that often, but mm-hmm. the draft every year is a time when you get together with your buddies, obviously post COVID hopefully, and mm-hmm. you get to see them and, uh, get to talk about football, but then there's preseason football. And then, and wait a minute, then there's actually, what, what is that? Oh, sorry. It's the NFL season. That's yeah. when people actually go play football. So for sure. Brandon, what is your favorite time of the NFL calendar? I'm a dynasty guy, so I just love watching my my calls and rookies that I like. Yes, and when they start getting hot in the preseason, I I get really I get the I get good good feelings in in, in my body when I get to see uh my guys just kill it. So you get all you get all tingly, baby. I get tingly. I, like I get I, I, like I just get so happy because it just makes it just you know makes you understand that you're on the right path when you start seeing when you start seeing guys being utilized heavily in the preseason as rookies, because you can just see the potential. And like I said, in other podcasts, you can, you can really steal some value with these rookies in later parts of your playoff runs and whatnot. So that's what I'm paying attention to because these guys will be major parts of their offenses in the later half of the season, for sure. A lot of a lot of them. I think, and I think that's really sharp. I mean, and you you mentioned something specifically here. You said they're going to be a part of their offense later on in the season. Mm-hmm. So I think you know there's a few things with fantasy football, right? It's understanding obviously who the best players are in your regular draft at the start of the season, right? Your your rounds, really, you know, let's call it one to six, seven is like really where there's a lot of value, and then from there you're, you're going for upside. But mm-hmm. what's so important is at the end of your draft. For people who play Dynasty, they know who these rookies are. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a preface, can I just say, like Xavier Jones, Jake Funk, like we all play Dynasty, but yet, like there's just, there's always going to be these random players that you had no idea who the hell they are until they're actually relevant. But that's kind of a side. So I always tell people, why do you play Dynasty, Shane? What got you into playing D- Dynasty? And I say, well, first of all, I want I, I'm a degenerate, so I wanted to get into that full year round. But mm-hmm. I think it makes you a better redraft season long player because when that starter goes down you mm-hmm. understand what the depth chart is you understand the strengths exactly. and weaknesses of a lot of these players that you may not have heard about um like a, like a Larry Roundtree or uh, a Kenny Wangu on Minnesota like are these guys that are worth going after say there was an incident to to Dalvin Cook like do you want to go after Kenny like mm-hmm. it's little things like that so 
Yep. I think it's interesting. Um, I'm kind of like you, Brandon. Like I find that the most exciting time is in the rookie draft season. Oh yeah. But it's that's just because you put so much time and effort into it. But yeah. Preseason you live and football, die by man. it. You live and die by it. But preseason po- football is pretty special. It's pretty mm-hmm. damn special. So you've had a chance to watch a few of these games. What, what's your initial um, feedback? What are your thoughts so far on some of the players, some of the rookies that we've been scouting for the last couple of months? Holy moly, we got some rookie quarterbacks coming into yes. this league, guys. We are gonna yes. we are in for some treats with Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Justin Fields. When he ran into the end zone and lowered his shoulder in preseason like he was mm. in the playoffs, mm. that got me so hyped. It just tells me everything about him. And he's just – the guy is going to make that Bears offense a lot different this year. I, I'm excited for that Bears offense. That's kind of crazy to say. Yeah. But I really feel like his presence – I mean, he he's literally Cam Newton with a better release. Um, yeah. And I, I just like that. And uh, I just – the quarterbacks mainly stood out to me. Um, some w- fire wide receivers. My guy Rondell Moore got to show out a little bit mm-hmm. with the uh, Hopkins and AJ sitting, and uh, they they gave him you know twenty five percent of the snap share target share in the offense during the preseason when he was on the on on the field, and they got him just going in the most creative ways, exactly how I pictured how they would use him. He's going to be rushing all over the place, and he's going to be uh, – they tried to go deep, but he was overthrown. But, uh, yeah, so we're it's exciting. I'm excited about it. Um, we need, we need like, a, a PSA, Brandon, for every time you talk about Rondell Moore. It's like, yep. ladies and gentlemen, this is Brandon's Sorry. opinion. He is higher than everybody on Rondell Moore. He is Sorry, guys. Like, on I'm going to be so ridiculous if this kid just kid, like Takes becomes – a real star and like I believe he's gonna be, I'm gonna be very hard to tolerate for sure. <laughs> That's I love it. I, I have a lot of uh dynasty shares of Rondell Moore, and Good. I sure hope that you are correct, Brandon. Um I do have one thing to say. Okay, actually a few things here. So you mentioned that this is gonna be an amazing year for rookie quarterbacks. I think that you know, reflecting back on the 2020 season at the running back position and in Dynasty, one of those early round round one picks because you wanted to get a piece of that insane running back class from last year. Yep. I really think that this is going to be the year of the quarterback. Um, yep. You know, a lot of the times you look at these quarterbacks and you, you, in fantasy football, we talk about percentages, right? Like we're never going to get everything right, but you talk about percentages. So there's a good chance that probably one of these quarterbacks is going to bust, right? It's going to, mm-hmm. it's going to suck, but there's a good chance that one of these quarterbacks is going to bust. But I, I got to say, the person that I thought was going to be bust the most was probably going to be Zach Wilson, but I'm not sure about that because I feel like they're doing everything right for their young rookie quarterback in, in, in New York. Um, you look at Trevor Lawrence, one of the best prospects since Andrew Luck. I don't think he's going to bust. We just talked about Justin Fields and Trey Lance. I don't think they're going to bust. Nope. And Mac Jones, let me tell you, he might oh. not be as sexy as some of those other guys, but man, and again, it's preseason. He looked like he could push the ball down the field, and it looked like he already had a pretty good rapport with some of those wide receivers. So, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just the you know the the glass half full kind of guy that I am, Brandon. Yeah. But I feel like this is going to be the the year of the quarterback, and yep. we're going to look back and we're saying, man, that twenty twenty one class it really changed the league. One thousand percent agree with you. 
It's going to be a, I was just saying this to a, a friend of mine, Mike, he was, I, I just said that we are in for one of the sp- most special times in the NFL. The next 15 years is going to be absolutely exciting. And there's, there's not just going to be one team that's dominating the whole, the whole league. Like, I mean, I understand the chiefs are amazing and everything like that, but these teams, man, are shaping up and they're getting quarterback talent and yep. you can turn your franchise around in just a couple of years. And I mean, look what happened with Seattle. I mean, yep. second year, Russell Wilson wins the Super Bowl just because they have stable quarterback play. And it's just, that is, that's what you need. And, and I feel like you're going to get that with Trey Lance. He's going to be starting by week four. <laughs> he, there's so, did you, did you see these crowds when, the rookies came on. They oh my god flipped out like fever, baby. Especially Fever-ish. with Mac Jones, I've I haven't I haven't heard New England that loud, you know, for a <laughs> bit. And I was when Mac yeah. Jones came on the field, it was um, like the savior came, and that was pretty cool. Like I actually, I, I felt bad for Cam Newton because it was just like, damn man, like they really they really want Mac on that field. So he better, well, I mean, look, call or he's gone. Okay. Look, let's, let's call it what it is, right? It was a disappointing season last year. Cam Newton, yep. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I mean, he got COVID and he just didn't look the same after that, but started the nope. season. He looked pretty good. Yep. He'd won series. I think it was a six, total of six plays. He didn't look great in the preseason game. Mac Jones did look good, but look, it's early. And, um, I'm not going to say that Cam. Cam I, I think day one Cam's going to be the starter, but I think yeah. I think you're right. I think Mac Jones, they want him to succeed though, so they're not going to do this seesaw where he's going to be in, then they're going to pull him if he's not playing well. No, they want him gonna to be develop. 100 in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. But okay, we're not here to talk about yep, all the preseason. We want to talk about a few things today on the show. Okay, of course we're we're 10 minutes in before we're actually talking about what we I know. plan to talk about today. But this is just how it is. It is the season, baby. Yeah. Um, sorry. We want to talk to you about two or three players that you are going to buy or sell. So just really, I mean, who these, who are the players that you're generally higher or lower than consensus on? Uh, we're going to talk from both a redraft because again, it is a season as well as dynasty perspective. So just make sure you say, I like this guy sure. in redraft, but maybe not dynasty, et cetera, et cetera. Um, mm-hmm. But then at the end of the show, I want to talk to you a little bit about auctions and strategy because last, well, I guess it was two weeks ago now, last week. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. It's, it's a giant blur. Last, but week, I think. last time we spoke, Brandon, we talked about auction leagues and why you hate them so dearly. But yet <laughs> you're still you're still uh you're still a trooper. I convinced you to join the roster watch uh, listener league because mm-hmm. you are an avid roster watch fan, of course. And mm-hmm. um, we are converting to an auction league this year for the first time. This is our now fifth season playing uh, in this league, and. I got to be honest with you. There's been some pushback. There's a few people, uh, notably the most vocal against the auction league, as season long says, at Alan Sozlowski. I see a brother. I see you crushing it out there. Um, but then there's people like myself who are just, uh, I love it. I mean, it, as far as I'm concerned, if all leagues could be auction, fantasy football would be better for it. So I want to talk to you guys a little bit about strategy, about dipping your toe in that water. Um, so that sure. you maybe aren't necessarily as intimidated going into an auction draft, but let's get started here, Brandon. Tell me your first player who you are either buying or selling, and it cannot be Rondell Moore. Okay? Nope, it's I'm not. Tell you right now. Okay, we aren't going to talk about Rondell anymore today. Well, no promises, but yeah, yeah. No, who, well, who, who yeah. you got for me? So I am another one of my babies. Mm-hmm. Is from preseason has got me even more hyped. I've been higher on this guy. 
than consensus for all summer. And now consensus is finally catching up to me yep. and bringing my guy, Antonio Gibson, into AG. The, the conversation of a first-round RB. An underdog, I've been seeing it happen more often where he is going at the turn. At, if, you, if you're at the turn, he's either becoming your second RB after you take Saquon or you can or you can take uh Aaron Jones. Um but I well, am Okay, so so right now in underdog fantasy. So we're going to tell the people both the underdog ADPs as well as the NFC ADPs. Sure. That way you have a bit of a redraft as well as a in um, sure. a basketball perspective. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much the same. It's 15 and 16 yep. for, for these two. So you essentially you're getting yep. him early in that second round. So I mean, you're saying pick, I mean in the beginning of the summer he was he was sliding into the third round. Oh wow. Um, That's why so you get him early. Yeah, so I've been I've been able to scoop him up on a lot of leagues, especially in Dynasty. Um, yes. Dynasty is um he's a major buy in Dynasty. What do you want to was, pay? Okay, well, here's because that that's always the question in Dynasty, right? It's like, of course he's a buy, but what are you willing to pay? I'm 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 willing to pay two first easy for him. Okay, easy. Um, I would hand out two first for him and run to the bank while I laugh because this guy is going to be, he has the upside of a top five back. If you actually look at what the coaches have been saying all summer about him and how they want to use him and the coaching staff of the previous, previous spot where they were with CMC, Christian McCaffrey, this guy has been getting compared to Christian McCaffrey with his receiving ability since he's been in Washington. It's just, he has been inexperienced as a running back because he played wide receiver in Memphis as a wide receiver in, in Memphis, and he converted over to running back last year. So last year, this, that was his first ever year as a full-time running back, and he ended up being RB13 in PPR. That mm-hmm. is incredible for a guy that's never played the position before. And yes. if you actually look at J.D. McKissick, at his uh, target share, 110 targets um, he was he got last year. And by all interviews that these coaches have said, Antonio Gibson will not come off the field in hurry up and in passing down situations this year. What do they call it? Like the ultra package or something like that? Or like yeah. that? What they call it something like that? I didn't I, I don't I don't know what they said with that pack with what they call the package. All I know, all I've been hearing is that they are not pulling this guy off the field. He is 220 pounds that can run under a 4-3. That dude And, and, and don't is forget, legit. people, he was a wide receiver in college. They converted yeah. him to a running back. Absolutely. So you, ask, and, you ask, can he catch the ball? Absolutely, yes. he can catch the ball. He, he, he averages close to seven yards per reception, and that is in the realm of what Aaron Jones does. That And if he... So last year, he only had... Let, let, let's get the exact number. Let me pull it up right here. He only had 36 receptions last year for 247 mm-hmm. yards and zero touchdowns. Weird. So JD McKissick, he had 110 targets. And so the target share for G- Gibson was only 44 targets last year. So mm-hmm. if we, I, if, if he's not coming off the field, like he is being touted for, that means I feel like his target share is going to increase almost, I would say, close to double. 
I would be yes. I would be very 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 surprised if he didn't get 60 receptions in it this year. And if he does that, he's going to put up over 400 yards receiving, 400 close to 450 yards receiving. And if he does that and he only had 170 attempts last year for 795 yards in rushing. And I think because of the because of the appearance of having having Ryan Fitzpatrick in that offense and having a yeah. quarterback that actually can you know compete and Efficient. can actually can, yeah game manage I yep. feel if you look at the game scripts of Washington last year all the game scripts that Antonio Gibson had where he blew up was all positive game scripts and the negative game scripts, his uh, yards per carry were very bad. That mean that they stuffed the run and yep. didn't allow that to happen. Because well, so here's, a, here's here's one thing, Brandon, like that I that I worry about just a sure. little bit, just a little sure. bit. Um, I think that Washington is going to have an amazing defense this year. Yes, which means that there's a good chance that, that uh, Washington is probably going to be up in games because we do like their offense. Do you worry? That in a 17 game season, they're going to just slightly hold back this guy and his usage because they have a player like JD McKissick who is proficient in the passing game. Yeah, who but you just said it. You just said it. He doesn't rush the ball. If yeah. you want to milk the clock out, and if you're in positive game scripts, you want a back that can take rushing attempts. You don't want to yeah. throw the ball in that situation. And that's why. He is because the game scripts. I have Washington winning that division. Okay, FYI, yeah, surprising. And I think that team is set to ride Gibson to the playoffs. And I think JD McKissick is going to only get like seventy-five targets this year. I really, oh I don't see him getting one hundred and ten like he did this year and the previous year. Yeah, especially or last year. Like I, I just don't see it. I feel like. Everything has been trending towards Antonio Gibson becoming their workhorse back, their number one guy. And Ron Rivera is old school, man. And he loves his running backs. And I have a feeling that he's going to really lean hard on him. And if I, I think he's going to get somewhere around 1,400 total yards, 1,500 total yards, because he's going to break 1,000 rushing yards. He's going to get 230-plus yes. attempts. Oh, he, he's not going to, he's not going to be, he's totally healthy. And he did play last year. What brought down his yards per carry. He did play with a turf toe uh, for a couple games towards down the stretch. And he just didn't look right. And he wasn't explosive like he was before in the early parts of the season. And I just, I feel like his yards per carry is going to be more towards that five mark yep. than below it. And if that does happen, I see, an RB that can get into the RB top five situation if if the he passing has, work comes. Yeah, he has RB one like outcome totally. in his range of outcomes. Totally, like, he, that is in a, his a realm of outcomes. He could yeah. be unbelievable. So okay, that, so here's a player. I'm I'm in on AG. I'm sold, baby. I'm getting as much of him as I can. Good. Um, if you can look, so here's the thing, right? Um, you're gonna have to get him at the early part of your second round. I would be okay just to make sure you get them that if you're, you're at say at the 110, 111, and you just mm -hmm. want to guarantee your AG share, 
then sure. I'm okay taking him at the end of the first round. Sure. A player, I just won't take him. I would take him over Saquon right now. Um, yeah. I, I wouldn't take him over Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones okay. right what now is the, what's JT. JT's Jonathan behind Taylor. Gibson right now. Okay. Um, that makes sense. I, I, I actually, you know, the early parts of the season, I think it's going to be a little bit rougher for the Colts because a, they haven't been able to practice with all their starters, this whole yep. training camp. And who knows how they're going to, how Quentin Nelson, that big dude with all that pressure on his feet. I don't know. He's he's trying to come back super quick. Just tape it up, baby. Put a little. I, I get it, it, man. Take some. Yeah, take a shot and you know play. But <laughs> there's I just, actually so it's it, so Brandon just just to let the people know. So there is originally you know they, there was a pretty long timetable right initially for the Carson Wentz and Quentin Nelson uh, injuries. Mm-hmm. The latest reports are that both of these guys could legitimately be ready for Week One. Now I to know. your point, obviously there's risk because they're not there. Uh, practicing and getting those reps in, especially yep. for a young team like like the Colts, that yep. they really need every touch that they can get. But week one, I'm more con- honestly, I could care less about Carson Wentz. I I like Carson. I was kind of an apologist for him a couple of years ago, but I'm out. I'm out. You're done. Just, I'm out. I'm out. Um, yeah. But Quinn and Nelson, man, if he's going to be there week one, I have no worries that that our, my boy Jonathan Taylor is going to immediately just Jonathan jump in. You talk about RB1 upside. I think that he's got the talent. I think he's probably one of the most talented top three in the league right now, and he can catch the ball. But that's not the guy I'm going to talk about, okay? So player that I'm out on, at least where he's being drafted right now in, okay. in redraft league. So in the NFC, this player is being drafted at uh, 11 overall in, in um, underdog and 8 overall right now in NFC. That's Austin Eckler. Yes, thank you. I love dude. Austin Eckler. Th- but look, I'm taking I'm taking Jonathan Taylor. I'm taking Antonio Gibson. I'm taking Devontae Adams. I'm taking Stephon Diggs. I'm taking all of these guys over over Austin Eckler. Not because I don't like Austin Eckler. Guys, we've seen this before. They have Justin Jackson. They have Thank Joshua you. Kelly, who's now in his second year, who we liked last year coming out. And you see it already in practice. You see it um, every day that Austin Eckler is going to be probably the guy between the 20s, right? From the twenty yard line to the twenty yard line, he's going to be marching him down there. But when it, you're on that that five yard line, that one yard line, you're probably not going to have Austin Eckler running that ball in. So I just worry that when you get the high caloric plays, which is of course anything that can really get into it, the touchdown zone, because that's where the money's at, Austin Eckler is going to be on the on the sideline, and that worries me for your a middle first round pick. I'm just I love Austin Eckler if I can get him. After Antonio Gibson, after Jonathan Taylor, I'm sold on him. And look, I know that some people are pushing him right now, saying they're they've got Austin Eckler easy. Like, and that's the thing. A lot of really good analysts are saying they're willing to take him in the middle to end the first round. I'm not there yet on him. I'm just not. I'm sorry. I I, I 100% agree with you. Yeah. I I he his rushing uh ceiling is so low. He might um, get like 130, 150 touches or he, um uh. Yes, touches. <laughs> His rushing ability yeah. isn't there. And that's what – I think he's very game script. Like, like I, I'm they, not quite there to say he's only game script dependent because I think they're going to put him on first down, second down, third down. But it's just – again, it's just that, that opportunity in the, in the red zone to yep. really get those touchdowns. I worry yep. that maybe he gets seven, eight touchdowns. And yep. a guy who – look, I know that he's elite. He's electric. Uh, catching the ball. I just worry that when you're paying that much for a guy 
in the middle of the first round, you're going to be disappointed by his outcome. You got to have touchdowns to win these leagues, man. And yep. that and that's it. his touchdown upside isn't – he just hasn't proven it. Um, exactly. He, he's been a guy that's always been the dude that falls on like within five yards and of the end zone. And I just don't, I just don't trust him in the red zone. Like I do a Gibson or a, uh, even exactly. Barkley or even coming off injury. Like he, they, mm-hmm. you know, when those backs get in that area of the five yard line that they are going to try and pound that rock in rushing. Absolutely. And I just don't see um Eckler doing that and, and that's why I don't I think he's one of the biggest like when I see Austin Eckler in the first round it's mm-hmm. a gift because it's just pushing value down absolutely that you would never get and I 100% agree with you with GT J- I mean when JT with these injuries underdog his his ADP just crashed oh and did. I've been it really did he's been in a lot of my leagues now he's my RB2 and in those in those Ugh. deals and that is that I can't be I, I I have Antonio Gibson and JT as my two RBs on several rosters now. And a perfect I'm start. About that. A perfect yeah. start to your draft with somebody exactly. like Devontae Adams or Tyree Kill, if you're yeah. you know, if that's your flavor. You come yeah. back, you get a Gibson, a JT, or yeah. something of the like, and it's just like, oh my god. Or the next guy I want to talk about. Or or the next guy. Giddy up. And I, I've been talking, we, we've spoke about him a little bit, yep. but I, I, do, I, I just want to pound the damn table for my guy, J.K. Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins. Dobbins. Oh, man. He is going to absolutely be electric this year with the fact that Mark Ingram's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark Ingram had a, a 70 attempts, 79 attempts last year. That That's all going to be going to uh JK. Um, JK, just uh, for the people, th- he's going 32 overall yes. in, in underdog, and he's going 28 overall in NFC. If so you that's look basically at, middle to end of the set of the third round. Yes. And if you look at his yards per carry, he ha- is number one in the league. He has mm-hmm. six yards. That is so elite. And people are overlooking that and thinking he can't sustain that. But I he I think he will. And if he does, last year he only had 134 attempts for 800 yards. That is stupid good for that amount of touches. And that's the same amount of yards that Antonio Gibson had. But Antonio took 170 attempts to get to – he didn't even break 800 yards. But – he he's he's getting he looks like he's going to be getting more of the air air uh, more of the receiving uh, attempts his way. Well, so, and I feel so like what, J.K. could too as well because that's what he did. He did that so well at Ohio State, and there's nobody else on this roster that really is the pass catching guy. And I think J.K. is going to be that guy. And if he could just get, you know, forty. 45, 50 catches, that's going to put him in the RB1 stratosphere. And he is going to have over 200 plus attempts. And if he does that with six, six yards per carry, you're going to get serious, serious numbers that is going to put him into the RB1 conversation. And you're getting him in the third round. I think that's the key here. And that's absolutely the key here, Brandon, is that 
In the third round, that's when you're either swinging for the fences for like an Allen Robinson type player, a Keenan right. Allen type player. But then you look at the other running backs going in his area and you're looking he's at a it. guy like, well, there's Joe Mixon, but he's going half a round before DeAndre yeah. Swift, Swift uh, is David back. Montgomery. Yeah. I like see. I personally would take Swift over Dobbins. It's it's mm-hmm. razor thin for me between yeah. those two players. Chances are in a, in a draft, I'm probably gonna t- you know if I'm doing two drafts, I'm in the middle of the third round and both guys are sitting on do- the board. Half the time I'm going Dobbins. Half the time I'm going Swift. Okay. The advantage for Dobbins is obviously he's on a better team, right? That's yeah. just, there's going to be more opportunities for that that red zone work. Um, yes. Of course, the risk is that Lamar is going to run run a bunch of those balls in. Um, Lamar's not doesn't quite have the same tendency to check down the ball as maybe like Jared Goff might. Will yeah. does, you know. So there's sure. so there's it's it's pick your poison. Um, but I think that you know to hedge J.K. Dobbins obviously in a standard league, right? Because he's probably going to get more touchdowns than in a full PPR. Maybe I'd lean Swift 0. 0.5, 50 50. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. that's the art of the hedge, Brendan. <laughs> yes, yes. But you but we gotta understand now is that their wide receiver one just had Ugh. a groin surgery. He in Bateman. Yeah. And yes. that is gonna be, I think in the early part of the season, I think they're gonna lean heavily on JK and Mark Andrews. And I I think J like I, I think JK is in for a big workload. And I think they really just were easing him in for mm-hmm. some weird reason. They were easing him in, but he looked dominant throughout his like whenever he got a touch, you can just you can just tell when you watch guys that they are just more elite athlete. And the way he moves, he should have been getting a lot more touches, but Gus Edwards is great, man. He's, he's one of yeah. the most efficient guys Gus in the league, good. but now Mark Ingram's gone. So now it's a one, two type deal. And I feel like Jake, JK has a much better. Um, he's much more talented in the passing area than Gus Edwards. So if yeah. anything in the air to RBs, I think it's going to be JK. And like I said, I think he's going to be the workhorse and I think he's going to get a ton of red zone looks and yeah, you'll get vultured here and there by Gus Edwards throughout the season. But that's just, that's just part of fantasy football nowadays is that you're going to have a second back. That's going to come in and ruin your day once in a while. I mean, even Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones has AJ Dillon to deal with, you know, that, and he's going in the first round and this guy, JK is, just as efficient, if not more, on the ground than Aaron Jones. Yeah. So I'm, if if you're getting that kind of upside in the third round, you know, and you and you take that sec or t- if you take that first round wide receiver, let's say you take Devontae Adams, and then you go and you take your Gibson, Gibson, your Gibson at the at the in the second, and then you come in and you get J.K. Mm. in the third. Mm. I mean, chef's kiss. Wow. I mean, how can you how can you be upset about that? And yeah, the, it's, all those guys have top five upside for the position, and that's what that's what we're screaming at the Flex Network. That's what I do. I only look at the upside of these players. Like I, I, I really don't care what their floors are. I really don't. Like I'm not about safe picks and about safe guys. I'm about looking forward yeah. and trying to find the value and what coaches are trying to create their offenses in this year. Too many people look at last year and what's going on, what happened last year, instead yeah. of trying to project forward and seeing what these guys can turn into. And that, 
when you do that correctly, and I feel like you're that's going to happen with Antonio Gibson and JK, is that you're going to get a lot of people are going to be surprised about their production um, this year because they didn't show it as much last year, sure. even though Gibson yeah. turned in an RB13 year in PPR. Here's, and, and here's the thing, insane. Brandon. Okay. And I love what you just said there. I love that you said you play for upside. Okay. All yeah. things being equal, you're playing in a 12 person league. You have all things being equal, just over an 8% chance of winning your league. 8% chance. When we're talking about fantasy football, we're talking about percentages. How do you win on the margins? Yeah. And if you are playing it safe in the third mm -hmm. round and you just want to get a safe player, that's fine. That's cool. That means you have your 8% chance to win the league. If you want to win your league and you want to win on the margins, you're drafting a player like JK Dobbins because you are looking down the draft board and you're saying, okay, if I want to build my team and say I went Travis Kelsey in round one or say I went mm -hmm. Devontae Adams in round one, well, I feel like at that point, I'm always trying to play catch up at the running right. back position. But if I go one of those players and then I get a Jonathan Taylor or I get an Antonio Gibson and I come back in round three and I get yes. a J.K. Dobbins or DeAndre Swift, I'm looking down the draft board, man. And in that, I would say in that general tier, you've got your David Montgomery, your Chris Carson. But man, yep. after that, there is a serious, serious tier break. Miles yeah. Sanders, question marks. Uh, Travis Etienne, I love the talent, question marks. Daryl Henderson, love it, question marks. Josh Jacobs, mm -hmm. question marks. Miles Gaskin, who wasn't even playing with the ones oh. on, with Miami. Freaking Malcolm Brown was playing, question marks. Mike Davis, who is old as sin, he's efficient, but there are question marks. Ladies and gentlemen, if you go wide receiver or tight end around one and you yes. come back and you get yourself a J.K. Dobbins around three, you're not playing for that 8% run-of-the-mill status quo win. You want to win your freaking league. You got you draft a guy like J.K. Dobbins. I love it, Brandon. I'm going to give you one more really quick because I want to talk about auction leagues before the sure. before we lose the people. So the last person that I am going to buy right now because I love the chemistry. I think that I'm either in a you either go early on tight end, which I generally don't do because as nope. we just discussed, I don't want to be catching up in my draft. But a player that I can get in round nine or ten of my draft, pretty much clockwork, is a guy. Also, I guess we like Washington. Logan freaking Thomas. Oh, he looked like go. he had good chemistry early with with Fitzmagic. Um, I don't know if you saw if you watched that game. Um, I did, but he watched had like the, the, the perfect, beautiful over the shoulder um, sideline catch. It looked magnificent. Um, it did. I had a little bit of pause because I I've got a, a lot of Logan Thomas in best ball so far. I, I had a little bit of pause because really for these for these tight ends, you want to get close to ninety to one hundred plus targets in a season to really get your 70, 75 receptions opportunity for, for touchdowns. Um, what some of the beat writers were saying that Logan Thomas could, because of all the talent around him, be looking at closer to 80 targets this year, a little bit of pause. But then when I see the chemistry that he has with Fist magic, I saw what he did last year. Um, the fact that he's a con converted quarterback tells me this guy knows the playbook. He understands football yep. and he's just a guy that man, if you want, again, you want to swing for the fences here. You want to go RB early, maybe get one of those elite wide receivers. Uh, your middle rounds, you are hammering wide receiver. And at some point, you got to pull the trigger on a tight end. If Logan Thomas is sitting there around eight, nine, ten in your league, like, I'm cool taking him around eight. You don't have to do it in round eight. You can no. probably wait to round nine or ten. Maybe take him around nine just to guarantee that you get him. But a guy like Logan Thomas, to me, is a player that if you kind of just pause and you're patient on tight end and you want to get a tight end one, 
that's going to be Logan Thomas. Let's say yep. you, Brendan. I, I, I am so with you on the, I think Washington is rising up boards all over the place. Washington players. Absolutely. And yeah, just because what, what they, what has, what have the coaches been saying? And even Logan Thomas said it is that they want to attack deeper down field and yeah, push the this, ball, push the ball. And that is where mm-hmm. this offense is going to take the next step. And it's going to open up so many things underneath. If they start taking those deep shots at Terry McLaurin and Logan Thomas and Logan, like you said, Logan Thomas is a converted quarterback. He knows exactly where the soft spots are in defenses. And he has that rapport already with Ryan Fitzpatrick. And if you're a super, if you're in Superflex league, Ryan, Ryan Fitzpatrick is free. He can be your QB three. Yeah, yeah. And he, he is free. Crazy. And you can, and I am, I, I, I'm rolling with him as my QB three and in, in leagues. And I am happy about it because this, this offense, I really think this offense is going to take a huge step forward. And I think it's because of Ryan Fitzpatrick and Antonio Gibson, and it's going to open up things for Logan Thomas. I have Logan Thomas on rosters as well. So I I'm, I'm right there with you. I think you're, I think you're on you know something with Logan Thomas. You know, it's kind of interesting about Ryan Fitzpatrick other than his days in Buffalo. This is the first time he's actually come to a team and he's projected to be the starter. He was signed he want, like they the want starter. Him. Yeah, they want him for the starter, and of yep. course, look, I, there's always that fear that he's going to turn into a pumpkin, throw five interceptions or something in a game, and they're going to they're going to pull him. But what for Taylor Heineke? Heineke exactly like, who for who? Like uh, he's he's good for who? Like yes, he played last year. He played gallantly in the playoffs last year against Tampa Bay. Okay, fine. He's looking okay in camp. Um, he didn't look great in a preseason game. I think this is um, firmly, yeah, I said it. Ryan Fit- Ryan Fitzpatrick's offense, and I think that. I think that, look, you can buy any of these Washington pass catchers, any of these Washington skill players, and we're pretty cool with it. So and they're on discount. I mean, look at Terry McLaurin. He's in wide, he's he's in round three. A lot, a lot of, yeah. he drops down to round three. Well, what's his 80, what's his ADP in underdog? Terry, oh, an underdog is 27. So it's, it's yeah, definitely moving exactly. up. And, and exactly. Exactly. And this guy sharp, is going to sh- get 140 targets, man. Like he's yeah, going to get. The sharps just, are in on him. Yeah. Like, Terry McLaurin is is a steal in drafts right now, and I, yeah. I, I I'm a huge Terry fan, and he 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 was banged up last year too, and he, look what he he's a lot like Hopkins. He flourishes with bad quarterback play, and now if he gets a decent quarterback, like he's yep. gonna be able to put up some monster numbers as long as he stays healthy. Love it, love TMC. I guess we're in on Washington. Let's just let's just call Washington, what it is. I agree with you. Coming. I think that it's. Yeah, I mean, the Giants look like a mess. They just yep. look like an absolute mess. The Eagles, frig, they're the, uh, let's call it the Houston Texans of the NFC. They look yeah. just atrocious right now, unfortunately. I love Jalen Hurts. Great for Jalen Hurts. We're not going to talk about Jalen Hurts. But I think that it's going to be between Dallas and it's going to be, t- be between Washington. Yep. You compare the two defenses, it's not even close. Washington not is even close. top probably five, six uh, defense in the league. Offensively, it's definitely a conversation. Um, I love Dak. I'm a huge Dak guy. Uh, I'm a little but bit He's, he's, he's going to regress. People are drafting him to be what he was doing last year. He is but, not. 
Brandon, you're going to be throwing I, I went back plus I, yards every week. Okay. We're not going to talk about Dak. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, yeah. okay? In Dak's first games, I think he was averaging close to 33, 34 fantasy points a, a, a week. Exactly. Before the last season, he was still averaging for the, the previous two seasons, close to 25 fantasy points per week That's was great. his per game average. Yeah, so yeah. Dak is continuing. He gets better every single year. Yep. Don't be afraid about the Dak regression. Regression happens, right? Like he's not going to be small bit of regression, 55. but I mean, he was, he's not going to throw for 5,500 yards. No, yeah, he's not going to throw 5,500 yards in a season no. guys. That's not going to happen. That's not, not going to got you're drafting, but here's the thing, right? Dak Prescott. And I don't want to make this a Dak Prescott show now, but Dak Prescott go. is going currently at ADP 66. Um, yeah. He's basically right after those running, like those elite running guys, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson. He's in that uh, little Dak bit of Prescott. weird spot. He's in that kind of that weird spot, round six. But look at look at who's going around him. And I'm perfectly comfortable. We talked about this, I think, in last week's show, drafting a quarterback in that range because there's still a lot of depth at wide receiver at this point. I've I've shored up my uh, my running back position. I've probably taken maybe one or two wide receivers at that point. I know that I'm probably targeting a Logan Thomas later in round nine or ten. So this is a perfect spot to go upside. And we've seen it, man. If you really want to win your leagues, you need one of these elite quarterbacks you're not going to get it done with the ryan uh, with with the matt ryan i'm sorry ryan fitzpatrick but, probably not going to win your league great as a qb2 in your super flex leagues but if you really want to win your league you need one of these elite players and i'm perfectly comfortable swinging defense for the fences in round six or seven for dak prescott you know who i've well, I, 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 this brings me to if you're going to actually punt quarterback two quarterbacks i'm looking at that have high high upside and people are a little nervous about this guy mm-hmm. it's ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill yes. was your QB eight last year. I mean, and he's getting such disrespect. He, I mean, he threw for 33 touchdowns and seven picks last year and on a 65% completion rate for 3,800 yards. And guess who he just got this year? <laughs> he just got Julio Jones as his wide receiver two in that offense. What do you think is going to happen? I think he, Ryan Tannehill is one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the league the last two years. And I just feel like he's being disrespected to the point where he's going past. He's getting drafted much further. What's his ADP right now on underdog? Oh, boy. His ADP right now is 109. Exactly. Just after Jalen Hurts. Exactly. And he, he has the upside of going to almost – uh, top five with Julio Jones as the next guy. As long as Julio can play Here's a question for you, Brandon. 14, 12, 14 is, games, it's over. He's top five. Here's a question for Why? you. Who are you taking? Because you have to, you can't choose both. You're taking Ryan Tannehill or your boy Matt Stafford. Because because you, you got to choose between one of those two guys. I'm taking Tannehill because he has the running side, running floor. Upside. He has that yeah, ability to stuff it a couple times by with his I think life. that's the right call. The yeah. one thing that worries me, and again, I really do want to talk about auctions, so we're going to end it after this comment. The one sure. thing that really does worry me, just just a little bit about Ryan Tannehill, sure. is that Corey Davis, he's been injured a lot in his career, but he he was played for most of the games last year. Julio mm-hmm. Jones, man, I just worry that his body type at some point is just going to shut down. So I worry about the injuries. He's already be- dealing with injuries early in the, in the offseason. There's not really he's much on play. that depth chart. He's probably going to play, but you got AJ Brown, you got Julio Jones, and you don't have much after him. There's Josh that's right, Reynolds, baby. It's going to be a it's going to be a funnel of three players in that offense. Yes, and if you own any of those players, you're going to be very happy. And but I do feel like 
I feel like this team is preparing in a in a way to not push a not like not go away from Derrick Henry, but they are going to give Derrick Henry some some time off this year. I think he's going to be salvaged a little bit and kept healthy because they have the playoffs in their minds. I feel like they are, I think they're going to start shifting a little bit and lean towards and lean into AJ Brown more and have him carry the team a little bit more than Derrick Henry did last year. And that's why I have, I do feel like Derrick Henry is going to have some regression because I feel like they are going to go in a direction of, Let's let's see what Tan- well, let's see what our quarterbacks got here, and let's see if he yeah, really let's, is let's, let's a guy. Call it, let's call it what it is, Brandon. The AFC South is not exactly the most competitive division. We talked about Indy, no. and there's a little bit of question mark there. They don't really have a quarterback. I don't care about Carson Wentz, like we said. Carson Wentz can win. I'm not convinced he's the answer. Um, you look at the Houston Texans. I mean, freaking dumpster fire. God, I got Jacksonville like three more Jaguars. Well, I believe the, we're, the arrow's running over. up. No, we, we, we can talk about it next time. We'll talk about it next time. Yeah. Um, but basically what I'm trying to get out here is that the Tennessee Titans have pretty much a ticket. It's locked. All they got to do is put the stamp on it, but they're likely going to be in the playoffs and they're going to play for that. So yep. if anybody's going to be able to, to withhold a 350 touch season in a 17 game season, it's going to be Derrick Henry. But I think that they're going to be smart, especially early in the season. Um, if they start mm-hmm. racking up those wins early um, and they're probably going to take just a little bit of uh, the, the the gas off. I'm telling you, Derrick Henry. People but, are going to be people are going to be yeah. early in the season. Going to go. Why isn't he getting twenty five touches t- attempts? And it's because they're yeah. trying to ease his bot. The guy has ha- dude. You can't take that kind of beating year in for four yeah. for three straight years. His last two years have been intense. And I know he's a mutant and everything. I know he's ungod like he's just a different person on this planet but at some point these guys need to be protected and if they really it's just really they want to run a super bowl if they aren't gonna go for this two thousand yards again and they they're they're gonna do what seattle did they're gonna they're gonna take a little bit of that workload off of you know how they did with marshawn lynch and they're gonna give it to russell wilson and they're going to give it to Ryan Tannehill and Julio Jones and AJ Brown, and that's why I think AJ Brown is a top three wide receiver, easy this year. There you go, love it. Okay, so we're going to talk about some of your players that you like next time on the show. Sure. But today, I really wanted to talk about auctions and just a little bit of auction strategy. So for the people, I think everybody knows what an auction league is, but for those that do not, essentially the difference between your standard traditional snake draft and an auction draft is that you will go and nominate players that you have. Everybody will have a set budget. Typically it's around $200 and you can go and bid on the players that you want to build, to build your team and where you can really get an edge in auction drafts is by saving money, getting value and making sure that every dollar is used efficiently. So I just wanted to outline a few tips for people who are new or maybe still learning about how to really be uh, to maximize your auction draft. So before we get into that though, Brandon, I have a few questions for you. One, what is your, okay. So I know you're relatively new to auction leagues. What is your biggest fear about auction leagues? Spending way too much money on one player. That's my, and then, okay. So my biggest, like, the way I'm going to go about it is I'm going to try and just take value later when it, 
I'm going to let everybody spend all their money. And I'm just, I'm not going to get crazy with my, with my cash early on big name players. I'd rather save my money and steal some value in later on. That's how I, I cheap. I I feel about auctions. I love it. Yeah. Okay, so so that's one of your fears is spending too much. Um, too much. What would another be, fear be? What would another fear be? Like just spending too much in a tier, or what about if you're going to wait? What if you miss out on all the good players because you're way too cheap and you wait until the end, and you end up spending thirteen, fourteen dollars on a QB, the QB so twelve, just because I, I you're got, worried about that? I'm not going to tell you everything because I, I we're going to be drafting against each other pretty soon here. So I'm not going to tell you who I'm targeting or whatever, but I have a list of five guys that I'm willing to go pretty heavy on. And I will get one of those guys like that will happen. But as soon as I'm done with that, I'm going to chill. I'm going to sit back because I got my foundation guy that I want. And after that, I'm just going to let the value fall where it may. And I think I'm going to be able to steal some players later because I, everybody's going to go so hot and heavy in the beginning. I, 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 I don't know, you know, how people are going to be able to fill out the roster if they go, you know, 75 bucks for Christian McCaffrey. Like, how are you going to do that? Mm-hmm. I like, I, I don't get it. Like, I don't know if, if those players, if those teams win, that's why I don't play auction leagues too much. So that's why I'm learning just like everybody else in this stratosphere. We're all learning. Look, you're way more, you're this, way more experienced. What, what, what's your, what, what's your, for, for your two top running backs, what's your budget? Okay. Let's, let's, we're taking a step back here, Brandon. We're going to take a step back. We're going to peel back the onion a little bit for the people. Sure. Okay. So there's really, there's a few different, there's actually, there's lots of different approaches you could take for auction leagues. Um, there's a cheapskate like yourself where you just, you want your value, baby. You're not willing to overspend. That's totally fine. There's the other approach where people have more of a studs and duds approach. Well, they'll pretty much spend all their money on call it four or five guys and they go all in and really it's, it's industries or um, it's injuries be damned. It's death be damned. I don't care. I'm getting Christian McCaffrey. I'm getting Alvin Kamara and I'm getting AJ Brown. And then I'm just going to wait and be patient on the rest of my players. So there's a lot of different approaches you can take when you're doing a strategy, uh, doing an auction. The number one, the number one most important thing to do when you go into your auction drafts is obviously you have your draft board, okay? Now, whether it's you build your own draft board because you're maniacal like we are, or maybe you're doing your expert consensus, uh, you're going to look at fantasy pros, or maybe you subscribe to a, to a, a website such as a roster watch where, where sure. they lay out the draft plan for you. These are all good things. Now, in a lot of these good, and a lot of the, um, the draft guides that you can find out there, whether it's a magazine, they will have, of course, their rankings. And then next to the ranking, they'll have an auction value. That is fantastic. I, I, it's, it's very helpful. It helps provide context. But if you want to be and get to that next level in your auction drafts, you need to, to put out your draft board. And on that draft board, this is the number one most important thing that you can do. You need to create tiers. If you've yeah. been listening to me on the Flex Network, the one thing, the one proponent that I have when I build my draft board is I have tiers of players. And the reason that that is important, so much more important than obviously in just a regular auction or uh, your your snake draft is because say you've got a, a tier of three or four players. You know that if there's a bid and, and it's getting a little bit above the that pre-assigned value that you said, okay, Let's say Christian McCaffrey is worth $63, okay? Um, and you're getting to that $64, $65 mark. You need to look to say, okay, 
are there other players in that Christian McCaffrey tier that I'm okay that obviously they're not quite as good as Christian McCaffrey. Okay, maybe Christian McCaffrey is not the best best example. Just compare we'll Antonio Gibson. You got Antonio Gibson. You have Aaron Jones. You've got Jonathan Taylor that are all in a similar tier of players. Okay. Yep. If you go and say JT goes for $54 and then the bid is going for Antonio Gibson and he's you're at the 48, 49, $50, you might only be saving a few dollars. Those few dollars are absolutely key because for the cheapskates like Brandon Adam, who like to wait a little bit, you know, after the uh, the market is let's call it set, those mm-hmm. few dollars at the end of your draft are going to be the difference between getting a guy like a Curtis Samuel on your team can really be a, a difference maker to not getting a, a player like that on your team. So dollars, everyone's in $2 matter. And that's why it's important not to overspend. So the number one thing that I suggest that you do before you go into your auction league, Brandon, and everybody who's listening, have your rankings, have your dollars, set your draft board and set your tiers. Because if you're cool getting anybody within that tier, now obviously rankings within the tier may differ right you might have antonio gibson over jt i might have jt over antonio gibson but i think we can agree they're in the same tier yeah they are then that's how you're going to maximize your spend okay so that's number one that's number one okay if you want to take it to the next level brandon and you want to just like be that extra degenerate right you've got your draft board you've got your values you've got your dollar amounts when you're building your dollar amounts figure out how many starters i'm going to have how many bench players am I going to have in this league? There's going to be a total of X number of dollars, $2,400 in a 12-person league. Um, and there's only $2,400 that are going to be able to be spent. So you can map out, okay, I think that the last quarterback that's going to be drafted here is Daniel Jones or Baker Mayfield. And you can draft out your values so that you can figure out, okay, this is how much I think is going to be spent on quarterback. This is how much I think is going to be spent on running back. This is how, et cetera, wide receiver, tight end. And when you do that, you will have a very keen understanding of what values will be because you can have your ADPs, you can have your rankings, and you can have your expected dollar values. And you know that if you're going to be spending $54 on Jonathan Taylor, that's going to be a steal or that's going to be an overspend on your league mates part, in which case that's going to give you value down at the end where Brandon Adam is going to go in and swoop and get guys like Rondell Moore for a dollar or two dollars in his draft so that's very simply it's preparation is the number one most important thing because look we've all got draft boards we've all been doing this for years and years but if you want to get an edge you want to make that eight percent chance of winning to a 10 or 11 or 12 percent that's how you're going to get your edge it's on the margins i 100 agree that's 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 great advice cool all right so we got to end it there because unfortunately i have something that i have to get to brandon so i would say as always, we got to do this more often because we did not have enough time to talk about everything Dude, we wanted to talk about. I get, I get going. I'm sorry. It's it's all good, brother. This is this is why we're here. It's all about the fun. Hopefully, you're going to do a little bit better in your auction league. Hopefully, we gave you some. Oh, I'm going to crush you guys. today. I'm going to straight crush you guys. Just watch. Please. Get out of here. Get out of here, Brandon. <laughs> you were but a sheep entering the wolf's den. Oh, but you, that's okay. You're about. That's you're about okay. to. You, you guys screwed up allowing me in your league. I love it. All right, Brandon, how do the people find you? On Twitter at Brandon D. Adam 19. Check me out, brothers.
Love it, love it, love it. Of course, he's a great follow. You want to guys, you guys want to, you know, shoot your shit about fantasy football? Hit up Brandon. Uh, of course, you can find us on Twitter at the Flex Network One. We are maniacal. It is it, this is the best time of the year, in my opinion. We talked to, at the start of the show what everybody's favorite time of year is. Mine is draft season. Oh, I love the draft. It's like Christmas morning for me. I love the fantasy championship. That's sweet. The draft is my favorite time of year. It's oh, just, dude, it's, this it's is when all like, that research part. comes like, in action. Wait. Because everybody has hopes and dreams right now. Nobody's hopes and dreams have been crushed yet, unless you're been, unless you own Cam Akers, and that Absolutely. that that's that's what's so great about this part of the season. Everybody everybody starts from the same it. spot, and uh, you know, let's see let's see who who outdrafts who. All right, brother, I love it. Let's may the best person win. Absolutely. So for Brandon, for Flex Matt. Four season long says, I am Flex Shane, and we are the Flex Network. This is the Flex Network. This is the Flex Network. Flex on them, Flex on everybody. This right here. It's the Flex Network. Yeah. Flex on the G.